Welcome to Split, the After Ever After podcast. We're here along with other experts and real people with real stories to help you navigate life after separation. Whether you're newly separated or divorced and co-parenting, listen now for tips and advice on how to build a foundation for a more peaceful future. The ending of a marriage or any long-term relationship can make you reevaluate everything you once knew about yourself and love. How do you know when you're ready, like really ready, to jump back? Or if you do feel ready, where or how should you even start? Here to help us answer these questions today is dating coach and and matchmaker specializing in dating after divorce, Jade Bianca. Welcome, Jade. Hi, Jade. Hi. Nice to see you, ladies. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you for being here. Um, I know we were just talking briefly before the show, but the question sticker that I put out on Instagram uh, questions for you, like we were flooded with questions, um, which was very exciting. So I'm very happy to have you here. But before we get into those, can you just tell our listeners a little bit more about you, about your business um, and and what exactly um, is a dating coach? Yeah, great questions. Happy to be here. Thank you, lovely ladies, for having me. My name is Jade Bianca. I'm a dating coach and matchmaker for divorced men and women. Um, I'm the only matchmaker that specializes in working with divorced men and women. Uh, Basically, what we do is coaching, uh, dating profile assistance, and different variations of matchmaking. Um, As someone who is divorced and had issues dating again um, in almost a decade, I felt like there needed to be a little bit of assistance that wasn't friends and family giving that biased opinion about what it was actually like to date after um, a divorce. And so, yeah, I love what I do. I, I help different people across the States, Canada and the UK every day. And yeah, it's an amazing opportunity to meet people. Absolutely. Um, and you help people outside of the U.S., Canada, and U.K. I didn't know that. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so the questions that we had, uh, I would kind of, I, I'm putting them into three different categories so we can break it down. So they had to do with people, um, the, their concerns about themselves, concerns about their children, and then concerns about their former partners. Um, and so when it came to people having, you know, questions or concerns or doubts about themselves, um, we had a lot of questions that sounded something like, you know, I don't know if I'm ready or I don't feel ready or am I like, am I ever going to get there? How do I get there? Is this something that you encounter with your clients? And if so, what, what do you say to people who are struggling in that? I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean. That's a great point. And I think it's different for everyone as well. So um, a lot of people, whether it's been a marriage that was three years, 10 years, 15 plus, you kind of lose a part of your identity because you have been thinking as a we so much. And so going through something as traumatic as a divorce can be can make you question everything about yourself, whether that's uh, intellectually, physically, mentally, So I would, of course, say trust your gut and listen to how you're feeling. I think that the slow turtle wins the race. I think there's no rush in getting directly back out there. I have experienced through clients and friends that people sometimes either go straight into serial dating or just right off dating. Like, 
all together. They're like, no way, I will never do online dating. Um, so I think right. that taking your time and actually like feeling comfortable with it is really important. I think that um, reaching out to different people who have been through a, a, a similar situation um, and also depending if you've had like a dating coach or a divorce coach and and just taking that time I think is very important. When do you think it might be too soon for people? Like, what do you see in clients when you may think to yourself, okay, I think this is too soon. And then do you say things to clients to advise them of that? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that question. So there's been a fair amount of times that I've had to tell people that I couldn't take them on as clients because it was so fresh. Um, those separation papers might've just been freshly filed, but if there's not a divorce going on, then I can't really assist. Um, I work with a number of therapists, divorce coaches, mediators who do things like that because I don't think people realize how much they've been hurt from a divorce until they're actually talking to someone that they don't know, um, that they don't know well and they keep bringing up their ex. And so if that's a common factor, you really have no business dating um, until you resolve that, those things within your own house. Yeah, I think a lot of people, um, if they, especially if they have initiated the separation or divorce, they will say things like, well, to me, our relationships, you know, died a year ago or two right. years ago. Like yeah. I've moved on, I'm, I'm healed, whatever. And okay, even if you are, it's highly unlikely that your former spouse is at the same stage as right. you are. And then them knowing that you're dating could just cause a oh, so many issues so right That's, yeah. and i think even if you're the one that ended it it doesn't mean that you don't like you still have issues right exactly in, in most situations yeah it's it's a two-way yeah it's a two-way absolutely yeah. and i've had a lot so of, what are some other things? go ahead no go ahead <laughs> i just had a fair amount of people that i don't know if you've experienced this in in canada but a fair amount of people that their divorces were prolongated because of covid and so certain states in, this, mm -hmm. in the US, you couldn't leave your marital house or you would have given up things um, like property. And so I know people that were have just now left their house um, because of that. So yeah, you could have mentally checked out years ago, but you don't know those underlying uh, emotional issues until you see your ex with someone new and you're like, okay, maybe I'm not ready. <laughs> Yeah, right. that's a great point. Yeah, I was just going to ask, you mentioned, um, you know, someone who's bringing up their ex a lot, that that might be sort of a telltale sign or if they're still in separation. Like, are there any other things you see that shows you an indicator like, okay, this person really isn't ready to date again? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the the habit of, of bringing up like old situations with their ex. Um, I mean, you can kind of gauge... I think people have a good intuition when they're feeling like that person hasn't moved on because of things that they're bringing up. And you can tell kind of from the way that someone's speaking if they're ready or not. Um, there's plenty of people that I suggest everyone have a therapist and especially after something as, as difficult as a divorce because our friends and family can only do so much. Unless they are licensed professionals, even then they have biases. <laughs> Of course. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
What about clients who are now exploring their sexuality um, now that they, like, say, I, I've spoke with someone recently, um, a woman who was leaving a heterosexual relationship and is now interested in pursuing uh, a relationship with other women. And she was just kind of explained to me, you know, some of the um, issues or conflicts that have arisen since her ex found out about about all of this. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on that and if this is something that you see um, in your line of work. Yeah, that's a great question because at the end of the day, like sexuality is a spectrum. No one falls into a very like black and white thing for everybody. Um, I think that the ex can kind of take that in a certain way, but I think it, an ex-husband or ex-wife isn't going to be happy about seeing someone new with their partner. But I think that the way that I look at divorce is a time of change, but also a time to pivot and kind of reclaim mm -hmm. who you are and who you want to be. So that's the chapter that you can actually take control of and write. And so I think that if there were parts of you that were looking to explore different parts of your sexuality, I would say, have at it. You're an adult. If it is not if it is not negatively affecting your children, it's really no one else's business. Um, but yeah, I think that's absolutely wonderful. I think that sometimes, are you guys uh, familiar with uh, Glennon Doyle? Is that her name? The Okay. Yeah. I thought her story was absolutely inspirational that she found love for her life kind of by accident and it just happened to be another woman. And I think that if you find yeah. your partner, that's amazing, whether it's same sex, different sex, trans, Everyone's just lucky enough to find love when they do. And so I think that if someone is dating someone of the same sex and they're kind of getting out of a heterosexual relationship, try and keep your personal life. I say this for anyone anyways, try and keep your personal life mm -hmm. on the down low until you actually have something that you want to discuss. Cause it's not your yeah. parents business. It's not your neighbor's business. It's not your shared from your ex, uh, and the less opinion that you have coming into this new chapter of your life, the less muddied you're going to make it because it's already difficult. Mm -hmm. I think it, it tends to be, I mean, it's just anecdotally from my own practice with mediation clients, but I think maybe, I think it tends to be a common thing and maybe it's people had those feelings all along and they didn't feel like they could express them in their marriage or like you said, they are just kind of figuring out who they really are and they feel free to explore things. Mm -hmm. but. To me, it seemed to have come up um, fairly often with, with clients. Yeah. A lot of in their early 20s and everyone kind of changes throughout their 20s and their 30s. And there might have been things that you were repressing early or you just didn't feel. I mean, let's be honest, not everyone shares their sexual fantasies with their partner, whether they're married or not. And so wow. you might have not felt comfortable talking to your ex about that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way that you just described, you know, divorces, that it can be such a transformational time. And I wish that, um, I wish that I would have been able to see that for myself a lot earlier because, you know, now I, I look at, you know, who I am and, and how, who I've grown into be. And yes, like what a beautiful thing, but, um, yeah, I just, I hope anyone who's listening, who's in the early stages can just know that, you know, as upsetting a time that this can be and how many unknowns there are, like it's such a, the, the unknown can be a really powerful, um, mm -hmm. beautiful thing too, because you can just kind of 
reinvent yourself. This is the yeah. time time to it do it. It gives you a chance to actually regroup and think about what you do want to do moving forward, right? It gives absolutely. you that opportunity that you don't have if you're still in the marriage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Have those bad days, but just know that it's not going to be like that. Absolutely. Okay. So part B of, you know, concerns that people have within themselves. So this is, um, this group next set of questions would be for the person who is like, okay, I've done my therapy. You know, I'm in love with who I am. Mostly. Um, I'm ready to get back out there, but you know, where, where do I start? And a lot of the questions had to do specifically with apps and online dating, um, which apps are good, which apps are bad, how to stay safe when you're dating online. Um, COVID where uh, I would imagine mm -hmm. a lot of the, you're doing, you know, a lot of talking online before you even are able to meet or want to invest in getting together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so can you talk a little bit about that? I know you had a, um, a great blog post about different dating apps. Um, even if you could maybe share a little bit about that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I can just speak kind of generally about some dating apps. So I think that safety is, of course, the number one concern for men and women, but specifically for women. Um, I always say mm -hmm. that privacy is very important, um, whether you're a parent or not, but especially if you are a parent. Um, unfortunately, there are a fair amount of people that have photos of their children on dating apps. And so that's the number one rule that I mm -hmm. say, yes, it is important. It's a huge aspect of your life. but cut those children out of your photo because you have no idea at the end of the day who is looking at these photos. Um, there's also ways of taking off the metadata so people can't actually pinpoint where you are um, because you mm -hmm. can do that with some photos. Um, but also speaking about safety on dating apps is that when you do decide to go meet someone, um, as a woman, I usually say to let your friends know where you are or at least one person know where you are and the first and the last name of this person that you're meeting. Um, some women are really great about doing a, a deep dive Google search and also a part of my program is I do background checks <laughs> because you can't really, it's, mm. it's 2021, you can never be too safe. Um, but kind of getting away from yeah. that for dating apps, um, my three favorite are Bumble, Hinge, and Coffee Meets Bagel. I'm not sure if Coffee Meets Bagel is in Canada yet. I need to look into that. Yeah, I haven't heard of that. Really it sounds good. <laughs> <but laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Bumble I like because it gives women the kind of ability to message yeah. first. And usually women don't like dating apps because they're inundated with so many messages. And they're like, I can't handle this. There's too much going on. Um, Hinge also allows you to like cipher through those messages. Um, and Coffee Meets Bagel, I like it because each day at 12 o'clock they, they show you your highest compatibility matches. Uh, the ones that I would actually say stay away from are Tinder. Um, I don't know if a lot of people that you know use it, but I found that to be like the highest amount of like scammers, people that just aren't real profiles and also you don't it is kind of a hookup app unfortunately so depending on what you're looking for mm -hmm. if you're a consenting adult i'm not going to stop you but just know that that person might not be looking for a long-term relationship right um right. for covid uh of right. course it's added like another layer of complexity especially for divorcees who are looking to to date again 
if you were in a 10 year marriage and you just divorced and uh, COVID your first year, I feel for you, but there's still, there's still ways of meeting people. Um, it has had a silver lining because instead of jumping right into a relationship, which some of us do after a marriage or a, a long-term relationship, it allows you to kind of take your time and getting to know that person. Um, so instead of like jumping right into like a dinner date, you can have a video date to see if you actually click with that person. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, I have a friend who's been sort of maneuvering this throughout the fall and then she kind of went into that was her routine is doing basically like a facetime date before meeting in mm -hmm. person because the meeting in person is a pretty big investment at right. this point with covid and with all these different things but it's a pretty close second to an actually in-person thing so she would she found first of all she was then able to verify that the picture matched the person yeah. like it was a yeah. real person it was like a catfish situation mm -hmm. and then kind of judged compatibility um before actually meeting up in person so she had mm -hmm. situations where just from that facetime it was like okay this you know it's not very compatible yeah absolutely so i feel like that's a good you know the duds yeah yeah and, and <laughs> i'll yeah. tell you ladies i mean men and women are both guilty of not using uh recent photos or unfiltered photos the yeah. first thing I do when I have someone mm -hmm. come on as a client for matchmaking or, or coaching, if I help them with their profile is most people do need uh, new photos that kind of accentuate their features and are well lit. And honestly, it's kind of mm -hmm. a way of embracing that new chapter as a say, getting back into your new life. And yeah, yeah. and you can also use them for LinkedIn. <laughs> There you yeah, go. true. Okay. Yeah. Cross post. Yeah. Double duty. Yeah. Yeah. Just put on a blazer. But I think the, um... yeah. yeah, that's right. Make it look a little bit more professional. Yeah. But I think the like the safety thing is is serious because yeah. I know in her. I'm not gonna say her name. She's probably gonna kill me when I hears this. But no one knows who she is. Um, but she had just herself is just one person. Like a few situations where she was texting with the person, you know, for several days and like about her life and all this stuff. And then when it came down to meeting, it was even one of these like, oh, I'll meet you at such and such coffee shop. Like, okay, are you there soon? Okay. And the person stood her up. And then it was like, we kind of thought it might've been a catfish. Like at the end of it, we're like, I don't even know if we couldn't figure if he was actually a real, right? He could have been you know, a 60 year old somewhere else. Like she's yeah. thinking like you reused photos, like, and it happened twice. Yeah. So it's not, um, I think it's very real. Like it's just very easy for people to log in and make a profile and mm -hmm. mess Absolutely. around. So I think verifying last names and all that stuff is really important. No, I yeah. agree completely. The only app that I know of that does verify your face with your profile is Bumble is the only one that I know that does that. Mm -hmm. um, it requires you to like take a selfie mm -hmm. in a certain pose. But um, when I'm not working, mm -hmm. um, I'm a crime junkie nerd. <laughs> so I'm always listening to like murder podcasts. <laughs> Um, and, and it's yeah. funny because one of my close friends also uh, does it and she sent me this great, um, this great podcast that I'm actually going to write an article about for dating safety. And it was basically about very suspicious mm -hmm. actions that were happening throughout the states um, where people were being catfished and some 
men were unfortunately taking advantage of women in vulnerable situations. And so, yeah, it is one of those things that unfortunately the world isn't always a safe place. And so to have your guard up when you're first meeting someone is kind of the best idea. Like, of course you should not leave your drink alone. Of course you should. And these are one of those things that you kind of have to reevaluate being single again after being in a marriage. Um, you should probably meet them there because you should not get in a car with someone you don't know. Cause at the end of the day, they might right. not be the best person. So yeah, there's always ways, um, your listeners can feel free to email me and be like, Jade, is this a good idea? <laughs> and I'll give them honest feedback. Yeah. yeah. Safety first ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for saying that. And for, yeah, just making yourself available as a resource in that way. Um, The last question that I have on this topic, and this is just to give you an example of um, what someone asked me recently, just like via Instagram DM, she was basically saying like, you know, same thing again, I'm happy, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm healed, I'm ready to start dating, I've actually met someone who I like a lot, we're very compatible, he seems great, da 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 da, um, but I don't want to... I don't want to jump into an insta serious relationship, but I also want some exclusivity. And mm. she was like, I don't know how to explain that to him or make sure he's on the same page. Is this even a reasonable expectation to have? So what do you, is this something that you hear a lot as well? And if so, like, what would you say to clients just in terms of how to express like what they're looking for and their expectations around that line between, you know, just being exclusive, but not jumping into, you know, another marriage right away. Yeah. I think that's a great question. Um, and something that happens a lot. So especially if you are getting out of a divorce and you're dating again, and that first person that you go out with happens to be someone that you click with very well. I think that's a great thing. That's a wonderful Mm -hmm. thing, but to know that at the end of the day, there's no rush to take your time and get to, to get to yeah. know this person. Um, as for exclusivity, if we're talking about sexual exclusivity, I think that's great. And if you have that conversation with them, be like, listen, I wanna make sure that we're being safe and protected. Um, so I actually recommend for, for my clients to, if they decide that to go get tested together, cause it's kind of like a cute, <laughs> it's kind of like a cute initiation <laughs> being like, okay, well I'm good to go. Are you good to go? All right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it also, yeah, you don't yeah. have to jump into like calling each other boyfriend and girlfriend. If you, if you were up from, from the beginning, whether it's that you're looking for something casual or if you're looking for something potentially long-term, I think if you're consenting adults, I think just being upfront and honest is, is the best practice because she's already been through something difficult. So why not go into it with just honesty? And I think most men and women would respect that knowing intentions from the get-go. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, if some, if you're very clearly stating your intentions and your boundaries and someone is not okay with it, then there's your kind of red flag right there that maybe this isn't the best relationship for you after all. So yeah. Okay, great. Um, so the next, uh, piece that I wanted to talk about that we received a lot of questions about, um, was about co-parenting and, and when, 
um, when to introduce the children, if you should introduce the children. Um, someone asked, you know, is it right to date when you have kids? So it's very obvious to me um, mm -hmm. just from this content, and I think you can attest to this too with your own clients, that yeah. dating when, when there are children involved can be a very sticky situation. So I'd be happy to hear your thoughts on this, considering you specialize in, in working with people who are divorced and most of the time I would imagine that mm -hmm. they have children. Yeah, that's a really important subject to address. So what I say for introducing children to a new partner is don't introduce a significant other until they are significant. And going back to the taking your time and to not rush because at the end of the day, the ex-wife and the ex-husband, if they have children, the number one priority is the happiness and well-being of their children. Um, and so I've worked with other mediators and divorce coaches, and this is something that I think is very important to, to take your time um, because they've gone through, depending on their ages, I think is something to address as well. This isn't a one-size-fits-all thing for, for children yeah, and teenagers. Yeah. God forbid, teenagers. <laughs> um, but basically, yeah, yeah. yeah but basically... Um, being able to focus on them. And um, I think especially when you're speaking to a new boyfriend or a new girlfriend and you're letting them know, listen, I, I value our relationship, but I would like to take our time before we introduce each other. So I have a, a wonderful client um, in Florida and he's recently divorced and he met someone that he really liked. And he was like, Jade, do you think it's okay if like she just comes over and it's, I can just say, hey, this is dad's friend. And I was like, that's that's an idea. But here's the thing is, is yes. <laughs> I love him so. Uh, Such uh, a good coaching <laughs> or mediator thing uh, to say. That's an idea. <laughs> let's that's let's see idea. if we can counter yeah, yeah. that. So what I was saying is, I know. <laughs> let's think of the um, yes. those, those children have gone through a lot of change, um, regardless of yeah. age, what they mm -hmm. need is stability. And so having that time with their father and their mother alone helps that transition period. Um, even if it is mommy or daddy's friend, that's okay. But you could also, if you have 50-50 custody, enjoy your alone time. Um, spend, take that time to, to spend mm -hmm. that yeah. your 50-50 custody, if you have that, with your children to reestablish this new chapter in your life as opposed to bringing in another factor, um, which may complicate things. Um, so yeah, that's the way that I yeah. kind of advise people is to take the slow game with introducing someone new. Um, and I, I don't know if you guys have your, this is your area specialty. Um, so having a kind of a discussion with your ex about when is okay to start introducing significant others. Mm -hmm. Is that a part of the mediation that you do as well? Mm -hmm. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, it's definitely a topic that I bring up. And then we talk about, uh, yeah, timelines. So typical is like six mm -hmm. months or a year. And then we, the phrase, I like you're saying, um, don't introduce a significant other mm -hmm. until they're significant. Mm -hmm. That's really great. We call it like relationship of permanence. <laughs> so of course it's subject to, you know, people's own interpretation of yeah. that. Um, but another one I've had some clients doing is that they'll also agree. Some people want to meet the other person first. So they'll agree that there's no introducing until the, the former partner has met them, whether that's a phone call or, you know, 
quick hello at the door or whatever. Um, which I think it can be a good one because it depends on the relationship, of course, because then you kind of know you're not going to yeah. be blindsided. Yeah. You know that they're going to come to you first. So I think that that one can be a good, um, kind of gatekeeper to just the surprise that your kids yeah. come back like, oh, we met so-and-so. Yeah. And then your ears go, so, your, your ears go up. No, I think that's, yeah. that's an absolute yeah. like ideal situation, you know, and Unfortunately, some some divorces are, as you guys know, some divorces are very ugly. And so in theory, in an ideal world, everyone could meet a significant other, but there might be ex-husbands or ex-wives who don't get on board on that. But no, I think that's, that's an absolute yeah. fantastic idea just to be able to like be respectful in that way to not have it be a surprise because all of us would be very surprised. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it could be like in some agreements I'll do, it's not necessarily that they meet, but that they would speak, they would disclose it first or just again, that it mm -hmm. wouldn't be a surprise. So they're going to let them know ahead of time. I don't know if you see this, but it's a very, very common thing that people like sort of set, orchestrate the meetups. They'll be like, oh, we were just in Tim Hortons <laughs> yeah. and she happened to be there. I or, you know, it's like, a but they've mm -hmm. obviously planned it. So, and I have had, but, and I've had some people even say, well, I know we could have done this, but you know, we didn't. So I think uh, sometimes people do, I think that, I don't know what, I'm curious to know what you think about this. I think it can be a bit of a, I don't know, for lack of a better term, red flag when there is that urgency to have to meet the kids so soon, yeah. right? That it's kind of this way of, um, making the relationship seem mm -hmm. significant or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I was like putting your yeah. claws yeah. in. Yeah. So, um, I'm just going to gender stereotype really quickly. So unfortunately I feel like sometimes that is because like territorial speaking, um, say that there is a divorced husband mm -hmm. and he is having a great new relationship. I think that it might, it could be likely that she a new girlfriend would want to be introduced to know that there's security there. Does that make sense? Um, because everyone yeah, wants to yeah. know that yeah. their feelings are reciprocated, that they're not wasting their time, that this is the long haul is what most people want from a relationship. But I think that if you are a divorced dad and someone's pushing you, your new girlfriend or your new boyfriend is pushing you to meet the children, I think that's the time to yes, identify that red flag, but also have that conversation. Be like, listen, I really respect you. I enjoy this relationship. I would like to get to know you, just you and I first, before we uh, introduce other factors like my children. Um, and I think that the right, the right woman or the right man will respect that because at the end of the day, those children have been through a lot of changes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And then along the way, I mean, there's going to be, a, there's a lot that a new partner is, is faced with um, when kids are involved and having to sometimes take a backseat, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, yeah. and a lot when conflict arises and, and like I said, taking that backseat and allowing the bio parents to kind of figure things out. So I feel like that is kind of a good test for somebody to see yeah, like right. how, how, thick is their skin like how confident how how confident in themselves are they that they can that they can play the long game Absolutely. because that's yeah. really important throughout the entire relationship 
And also, I, I think it's really important that people remember that just as you and your former spouse are maybe not in the same place um, in terms of your acceptance and, and one of you may still be grieving, your children, even if they're quite young, are probably um, at their own place in, in that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, graph or that, you know, mm -hmm. that timeline of, yeah. um, of acceptance and just trying to honor that and speak with them about that and check in because sometimes kids won't come out and say how they're feeling unless you directly ask Absolutely. them. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Keep checking. Yeah. In with that's, them. that's completely on point, Ashley. And also, as you said, the healing process is not linear. No one's going to have the exact same healing process. So especially if it's children, exes, yeah, everyone will be at different stages. So the last question for this section, um, someone asked, do you have any tips or considerations when dating a new potential partner who doesn't have their own kids? Um, so assuming that this person does have children and who they're interested in does not. Uh, is this something that you see and uh, would you give any advice for someone who's in this Yeah, situation? I mean, that's one really interesting thing about, so most of my clientele is between like 35 and 55 on, on my average. And so most of these conversations where we're introducing people on compatibility and alignment. And usually that's where like family plans and life goals come about. And so there might be people that you've met who hadn't planned on having children, but you have say two children. Um, so having those upfront conversations early, and if you are looking to have more kids and that person doesn't want to have more kids, that is something that at the end of the day, you need to go into it knowing that that's what they stand for and not that you're expecting them to change. Um, I think especially um, say that it's a woman with two children and she met a man who doesn't. Um, I think it's one of those things to make sure that I don't have children, I have fur children. <laughs> so as someone who's never had children, I can only imagine through friends and family members and my clients. Um, and so just to make sure that that new potential partner does know what they're getting into. And just because they haven't had kids does not mean that they might not be a good stepdad or stepmother. But as you, as you mentioned so well before, yeah. You have to have security in yourself and your relationship established first before mm -hmm. you become, because you're playing multiple roles as a stepfather, or stepmother, you're playing a partner, playing a, a secondary mother or father. And so at the end of the day, a good father, or a good mother wants to know that their new partner is there for their children too. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And I think the... I, I would imagine that the issue there is that really when your partner has children, you aren't going to be first, like, mm -hmm. right? Ultimately, you're going to be first, obviously, in certain parts of the relationship, but those kids are going to end up taking a priority. Yeah. Um, not that you're going to be treated badly, but the children are going to be the priority, at least. 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've actually heard that from some people that are dating uh, newly divorced moms that that they really liked this person, but at the end of the day, they didn't have the same availability because let's be honest, if you're raising children, they're yeah. your number one priority. And so you have to have someone who is very yeah. um, well-established in themselves and they aren't like having to be, I don't wanna say catered to, but I'm gonna say catered to, um, that, that knows, that knows yeah. at the end of the day that yeah. Yeah. you love them, if you love them, 
um, but they are not the end all be all for you. They're an important part of your, your new unit, but yeah, security is something that a new partner definitely needs to have. Great. And so the last piece um, has to do with dealing with your former partner. And I know we've touched a little bit on this with a few of the questions. Um, and this next question, I know we can, we should really only answer generally because it will very much depend on the own, the person's individual uh, situation. But somebody asked, uh, what if I'm technically still married? So um, is, I'm sure this is something that you see a lot. What do you advise your, what, what do you say to your clients when they come to you with this question? That's a great question. Um, so I don't technically take them if they're still married. <laughs> um, but what I do advise, um, mm -hmm. say that someone, I, I know someone who I spoke with a couple weeks ago and she's been in a six year uh, divorce settlement just because they've, it was amicable, but yeah. there was like a retirement thing right. with a, a military uh, situation. Um, and so they were just using healthcare. Um, and at the end of the day, it's one of those things that you have to be honest with your intentions that um, I know quite a few people that would not date you if you were still legally married because that's very odd for some people. Um, but I think if you're going into it with like openness and honesty, after you do background checks, <laughs> um, I think I think <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. Um, it all depends. I think that if you are still legally married and you are dating again, but you are in the process of doing the divorce, you have to know at the end of the day that some people are not going to to be okay with that um, and respect their their decisions uh, mm -hmm. with that. So yeah, that's that's definitely a, a muddy area of, of dating because as as we talked about, is, um, yeah. I, I had clients who their divorces were prolonged because of COVID, and so yeah, it has made things a lot a lot more difficult. Yeah, you have a lot of thinking to do if you're in this position, and you should be having this conversation with your attorney. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, have, I have to say this because like, yeah. listen, this is not legal advice. <laughs> I'm not a lawyer and I am not a therapist, but yeah, yeah. I'll give you the, the honest opinion that I can. <laughs> okay. So uh, we've talked about being, having open communication, um, making sure that you have something in your parenting plan, like mm -hmm. Jennifer outlined earlier about when to introduce new partners and, and all of that. But um, someone asked another really good question about boundaries. Uh, they said, any tips on setting boundaries with your ex, for example, um, you know, just with your new dating life in general. So, you know, they know that you're dating, you know that they're dating and you want to have open communication, but where do you draw the line? Um, both for yourself and yeah, for Yeah, I think that's a great right. point. I think that if you are having those conversations about not introducing your children until they are significant, whether it's been the six months of the year that Jennifer had spoken about, um, I think that keeping things off social media is something that is very important as well. Um, going back to, going back to not bringing that. those uh, outside factors into your new situationship or new situ or relationship um depending on i mean some <laughs> yeah. people do want to date casually after their divorce and i encourage that to happen um your i think if it's not directly affecting your ex or your children i think it's honestly as long as you're bringing like you're being considerate of their well-being i don't think that you need to overshare you can say 
yeah, I have a date. Um, mm-hmm. Is it okay if you pick up the kids an hour early? Would that be okay? Or I have a, I have an appointment. Um, I think that being careful not to overshare is, is good because it could also cause triggers that you weren't aware about. Um, yeah. But yeah. I think that's important. Um, yeah. Stay off social media while you can. <laughs> Take your time. Um, yeah. And introduce once they are important. Yeah. I think the social media can kind of be along the same line sometimes of introducing the kids too quickly. It's almost like can be a little bit of a control thing to prematurely post pictures together, tag people, that kind of stuff. And it affects more. It's often like friends or family and family are going to see that and grandparents, like the kids themselves and their friends might see it if they're teenagers. Like it's, yeah. it's a huge thing to be posting. Yeah, yeah if your ex-mother-in-law <laughs> sing it and then she's asking your ex-husband and then it's just bringing in extra questions on something that you might not even know is worth talking about. Um, so yeah, I think that's really important just to exactly. to go slow. And you can ask your ex if they're dating, but do you really need to know if they're dating exclusively? Maybe if it's getting towards a serious way, but you don't need to know if he's like sowing his wild oats on his free time. <laughs> no, I think until it comes to mm-hmm. affecting the kids, right? If there's kids involved, I feel like, it doesn't really, you know, what's Absolutely. the Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's just certain things that I, I at least personally would just rather not know. Um, because what's, yeah. yeah, if it's not affecting you, close that door. Can you just talk a little bit about, um, for our listeners, uh, the type of like coaching options that people would have with you if you do just one-on-one or with groups and um helping people get prepared for dating yeah so i offer offer coaching um in private sessions uh hopefully i'll start working on group sessions um but basically we focus on reestablishing who you are what you want and how to get you there um so kind of going back to previous dating patterns reestablishing boundaries taking accountability uh talking about vulnerability um I think we spoke earlier, Ashley, about how I have a reflection journal coming out and it's basically a way of just putting yeah. pen to paper or mouse to PDF is the way that it will be um, to kind of like take <laughs> this time, feel what you're feeling, document it, and then just be able to reflect on it later. Um, because as we said, this is a huge pivot point of your life and to be able to evaluate things and when I say accountability, of course, I'm not saying, oh, well, this divorce was all my fault. But at the end of the day, there's always ways that we can improve ourselves mm-hmm. and acknowledge what happened. Um, and I think that's a really important part of, of healing. Um, that's both through personal experience, friends and clients. Um, and that's why as the only matchmaker I know that works with divorced people, it's something that I find very important instead of jumping straight from a divorce to going into the dating scene we need to push the pause and, and talk about what we're going to do differently. Um, so I offer that. I offer dating profile assistance because a lot of my clients were married for a decade plus. And so they're getting out into the dating scene and they're like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> um, yeah, because it's, it, yeah. it's really crazy. And on top of that, COVID adding that layer of complexity, 
sometimes it is nice to have that unbiased opinion yeah. that, that aren't friends or family, even though they mean well, um, to tell you, this is what you're, you should be doing to attract the type of person that you want. Um, and going in it with intentions and alignment is something that changes your perspective. If you're going into the dating scene jaded and with a bad eye, like a bad perspective and thinking that all men are a-holes, you're only going to meet a-holes and the same thing for women, <laughs> uh, you know? Um, and I, that, that is yes. at the end of the day, perspective is a huge thing. So you'll find what you're looking for, but doing that self-work and then finding that person that you want to be with is, is a big game changer. Absolutely. I think that would be so helpful. Like even in my own experience, I know when I first split my girlfriends, you know, they, with mm -hmm. good, this was with good intention, <laughs> but they were like, get out there, you know, like get back to it. And I think there's nothing wrong with going on a, a few dates, but like you said, getting clear on who you are now, right, um, what, what yeah, what you want, what didn't work, you know, what, how, how you want to see your life in 10 years and who, who do you want to attract to help you get there? Yeah. It's so important. So yeah, I just, I, I love the service that you provide and um, I really appreciate all of the information that you've shared with us today. I know it's going to be so helpful for our listeners. Um, and on that note, what is the best way for our audience yeah, to you can, connect um, with you? Visit our website. It's datingafterdivorce.com. Uh, you can feel free to DM me at datingafterdiv on Instagram. Um, we have that reflection journal coming out in about a week. Uh, so we can download it for free. If you just go to the main page of datingafterdivorce.com and sign up for the free newsletter it'll come automatically with that so yeah every thursday we have a newsletter for dating tips and resources um that i love sending out because it's anything and everything um so it's a good free resource for for people dating again but yeah i guess one thing to, to let your listeners know the difference between matchmakers and dating apps is that we try and align people on intentions and alignment um on core values and compatibility um life goals um, so yeah, we have a free database if you're in Canada, the US or the UK that you could be potentially matched with a client at no cost. Um, I do background checks and personally vet every person that I make introductions to. So no catfishing here. Yes, <laughs> preach to that. Well, thank you so much, Jade. This was really helpful. I learned a lot, even myself. And um, like I said, I'll make sure to put all those links in the show notes for our listeners. And I'm sure we'll collaborate more in the future, maybe an IG Live or something. It was a pleasure, Jennifer and Ashley. Bye. Thanks. Thank you, Jade.